Genesis 5, verse number 21. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and 5 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not. For God took him. And we'll stop right there. We ask Heavenly Father that we may... uh, Learn a thing or two, be reminded of a thing or two in regard to our Christian walk. Speak to our hearts. May our Savior be glorified in this place tonight as we look to Him and walk with Him. Bless, we pray, in our Savior's name. Amen. You may be seated. (coughs) Asking the Lord for tonight's message. I turn to one of several sermon uh, notebooks that I have been adding to throughout the years. And uh, this was the one that I turned to this year. As you can see, it's pretty well worn. It's, it, every page is full, and when I use both sides and move on, I tear that page out and it shrinks and it, it goes back a little bit farther and farther. There's a date on the back of this thing, 1992. I may have been scribbling in this thing for the last 30 years. And I asked the Lord for a message, and I'll pull this one out or another one out if the Lord hasn't already given me a message. I'll scan through there to see if there's something that uh, um, the Lord says, here it is. Well, in fact, on Monday as I was doing that, uh, my eye fell on a seven-point outline. It's right here. At the top of the page it says, Men God uses. Number one, walk close. Number two, love holiness. Number three, obedient. Number four, concerned glory. Four or five, ready to work. Ready for opposition. People of prayer. I said, okay. The Lord seems to be saying, that's, that's our message for this week. But it took a few minutes for me to understand that that was not the message. I don't have a seven-point message for you this evening. As I was considering these things, I realized that the first point was the primary point for us tonight. Some of the men the Lord has used for his glory are described as walking with God. Walking with God. As I quite often do, I look back through my records to see the last time that I preached on this subject. I've never preached on this subject. So I'm not pulling out an old outline and reworking that thing for you. This is, this is uh, what the Lord has for you. I went to the Bible and I jotted down 1, 2, 3, 4, 24, 25 or so scriptures that speak about walking with God in one way or another. And in the process, I discovered a little surprise. Despite several exhortations for us to walk with the Lord, did you know that only two people in the Bible are described as walking with God? Only two folk. Despite all the other references we have to walking with the Lord. In our opening scripture, we're told twice that Enoch was one of those who walked with God. There is absolutely no introduction 
No background information. No explanation as to what that means. Enoch walked with God. And there is very little in the New Testament to help us understand how Enoch walked with the Lord. Paul merely says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, he pleased God. Not that he walked with God, he pleased God. So should we understand that walking with God has something to do with pleasing God? Makes sense. We'll go with that. And which came first? Was Enoch acceptable and well-pleasing to the Lord because he walked with God? Or was it because he walked with God that he became more pleasing to the Lord? Which came first? Does it matter which came first? Maybe they both occurred at the same time. We'll look at some other scriptures which might authorize my explanation. As I say, we don't have any explanation as to what it was that Enoch was doing. So I'm using my imagination. We'll, we'll look at some other scriptures which might authenticate it, but uh, just consider these things. Might this not mean that Enoch and the Lord were in fellowship with one another. They walked together. And isn't it likely that they shared the same opinions about things? God doesn't have opinions, of course. But uh, they thought alike. Amos 3, 3 asks, Can two walk together except they be agreed? I'm going to assume that Enoch and the Lord were agreed. And that's how they could walk together. Now we remember that Enoch did not have the Mosaic law. He didn't have that standard of uh, uh, right and wrong to base this fellowship with God on. So what was the basis of that relationship? Wasn't it what we all have access to as children of God? There's only been one way to be saved from the very beginning, Brother Hope. Only one way of salvation. And that's by grace through faith. Amen. The Lord has a plan of salvation. Enoch was saved the same way you were saved. There's no other way. So perhaps that's the basis of their fellowship. And then based on that, there's a, a thanksgiving and a joy. I'm a child of God. The Lord has redeemed me. I, I think we could say that of this father of Methuselah, he lived his life and walked throughout his days, walked his days throughout his life, in fellowship with the Lord, thanking the Lord for saving grace. He desired God's glory because... Of saving grace. Lord may you be magnified. Uplifted because you have saved this wretched creature. Jude 24 adds that Enoch preached against the sins of his neighbors. Was this because he was commissioned to preach about the upcoming judgment of God? 
or did it flow out of his desire for God's magnification and glory and that the Lord was simply his companion? Could it be that he preached against the sins of his neighbors because he knew the Lord and knew that the Lord was grieved with the sins of society? So Enoch preached judgment. Of course, he knew that it was coming. The Lord had told him that. I pray that the Lord will forgive me if I'm wrong. But when I hear that Enoch walked with God, I picture a man who recognized himself to be constantly in the presence of Jehovah. Every step he took was with the Lord. You don't have to see the Lord to know that. You don't have to see the Lord to to have that walk with God. I picture someone who prayed without ceasing because everywhere he went, he considered himself to be in the temple of God. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. And when he saw a rainbow, he thanked the Lord for, for grace. We th- he thanked the Lord for the Lord's promise. When he saw a butterfly, when he uh, smelled a, a delightful flower, he instantly thought of the Lord's kindness. Every, throughout the day, I won't say every moment, that's just too much to expect. But throughout the day, Enoch recognized himself to be with the Lord. And he thanked the Lord and he prayed to the Lord and he, he witnessed for the Lord. He was with God all the time. I may be wrong, but I picture a man who was in constant conversation with God. He didn't consider it to be prayer. There were no formulas that he followed, no esoteric words that he used in order to pray. He just enjoyed walking throughout his day with his heart talking to the Savior. I think that's what walking with God is all about. When he was harvesting his potatoes, if he harvested potatoes, when he was plucking apples off the tree to take home to his wife, he was talking with the Lord, thanking the Lord. Rejoice in the fact that there had been another good harvest. He's recognizing that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from this, this one that I... I enjoy being with. Comes from the Lord. He never considered himself to be alone. When his wife and children were away, he was not alone because his ever-present friend and God was there beside him. Before I move on, let it be understood that this was no flippant, selfish, for Enoch's benefit relationship. He was with God, the Creator, Elohim. He knew exactly who he was walking with. His companion, first and foremost, remained God to Enoch. Despite being blessed personally, he never forgot that it was by grace that God walked with him. Whatever personal holiness he had, Despite the salvation that God had given to him, he must have been aware that he did not deserve that fellowship. So he cherished it. 
He loved it. He yearned for it. He exercised that fellowship. Enoch walked with God. Another man whom the Bible describes as walking with God was Noah. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 9. We don't need to turn there. You can if you like. It just says in Jonah, Noah walked with God. Once again, it's a simple statement without explanation or amplification. There are similarities between these two men, but there is one specific special thing about them. Enoch walked with God, and he was not because the Lord took him. And again, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. In contrast to Enoch, Noah saw death. He was not translated. But by faith, Noah, being warned of God, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world. The thing for which we know Enoch is his translation. The primary thing that we know about Noah is he built the ark. He built the ark. Both men were testimonies of God's righteousness. Both men were testimonies of the righteousness and the judgment of God to the neighbors around them. 2 Peter 2.5 says that Noah, in the eighth generation of humanity, was a preacher of righteousness. Enoch was as well. Paul tells us that Noah was warned of God about that judgment which was just around the uh, centennial corner. Judgment's coming. Since Noah was a man who actually walked with God, I believe that he was in fellowship with the Lord. And like Enoch, as Noah went to market, as he went down the burgeoning streets of the nearby cities, I picture him speaking with the Lord about what he saw. It may have been with tears that he passed by the taverns, the pot shops, and the brothels, and the billboards with the half-naked women, expressing to his friend how it disturbed him and how it must have disturbed the Lord. And perhaps the Lord reminded his human companion that those outward evils were only expressions of much worse things that resided in the hearts of those neighbors. It may have been that one night, as Noah lay sleeping, that Elohim burst into his bedroom in a blaze of glorious wrath to tell his friend that judgment was coming and he was to build an ark. But I think it was more probable that the Lord and Noah just uh, conversed about it for a while. And the Lord said, judgment is coming, Noah. This is what I want you to do. I want you to build an ark. How long did it take the Lord to give to Noah the... uh, the plans, the dimensions of the ark. It could have been instantaneous. The Lord could have just, there it was, and now he knows how to build an ark. But I think it was probably more of a 
you'll make it this length and you'll use these pieces of timber, this kind of wood, and you'll have these uh, things inside. And those of you who haven't seen the ark there in Kentucky, you need to go see that. It's pretty spectacular. Anyway, where did I go? I think it was over an extended period of time that the Lord and Noah talked about this. Before going on, I'd like to ask you, ask yourself, why did the Holy Spirit describe this relationship between God and these two men? Why is it here in the Bible? It doesn't have to be there. We could just know about Enoch without that statement, he walked with God. And Noah and the ark, well, that's the primary thing. Why are we told that he walked with God? Again, both statements are simply comments out of the blue. So why bring them up? Well, isn't the answer that there's an example here for us that we're supposed to learn from this? The men God uses to bring glory to himself, love, holiness, are obedient, are concerned for his glory, are ready to work, they're ready for opposition, and yes, they are people of prayer. But don't all of these things essentially flow out of walking with God? These, these men whom God uses fellowship with Him. They are aware that they live in the presence of God. In some ways, all the points that I am not preaching this evening from that outline in my notebook book, all flow out of walking with with the Lord. It should be our desire, yours and mine, to be useful to the Lord. I want to bring glory to Christ Jesus, my Savior. I need to walk with Him in order to do that. Noah and Enoch are described as walking with God because that was one of their primary aspects that was one of the key things to their character. It may have been the number one ingredient in their character. They walked with God. They weren't content with going to church on Sunday and spending two minutes or one minute every now and then throughout the day in prayer. They shared tracts and their testimony with their neighbors because their fellowship with God constantly reminded them of the effects that sin was having in their communities. These are two men that we should emulate. Now there's a sense in which my message should stop right here because these are the only two people in the Word of God that are described as walking with the Lord or walking with God. The only exception to that is found in Revelation 3, 4, a scripture which Austin shared with us the other day. But in that verse, the walking with God is yet to come. Hey, church in Sardis, thou hast a few names which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. That's yet in the future. Only these two men are described as walking with God. However, several others are described as walking with the Lord, but using a different preposition. 
Abraham walked before the Lord. Genesis 17.1 When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Should we infer that perhaps Abram had not been walking with the Lord for the first century of his life and now he better start doing it? In Genesis 24, 40, Abraham's servant is heard talking to Rebekah and her family, describing the commission that he had received. My master said unto me, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel and make your journey prosperous. Apparently, since chapter 17, on into chapter 24, Abraham had been walking before the Lord. Now, what do you think about this? Do walking before the Lord and walking with the Lord mean the same thing? When it comes to the Word of God, can we put too much stress in its use of little words like prepositions? Does the Lord just throw those things around indiscriminately or do they mean something? Are they there on purpose? To my feeble mind, and I'll admit to it, to walk with the Lord speaks of a closer, more intimate fellowship than to walk before the Lord or behind the Lord. It's just me. And to walk before God implies, at least to me, that the Lord is watching me. Am I walking properly? He could be judging the way I walk. Am I doing this correctly? And then there's a third preposition used in this walking context. In Deuteronomy 13.4, Moses exhorts backslidden Israel to walk with the Lord, but he expresses it this way. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God, and fear him, and keep his commandments, and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Isn't this an exhortation to do the right thing? The Lord is going to give you an example here. He's given you his word. He's given you prophets. You, you follow the Lord in these things. It's not a testimony that they were doing the right things. It's a statement, an exhortation that they were not, and they better start. What is it to walk with the Lord? Even though no other person in the Bible is described in the way that Enoch and Noah were, can we use the Bible's exhortations as descriptions? Genesis 17.1 Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. Do we have to be perfect in order to walk with the Lord? Deuteronomy 13.4 Israel, walk before your God, fear him, keep his commandments and obey his voice, serve him and cling to him. In 1 Kings 2.4 David gives some final counsel to his son Solomon. The Lord has said, If thy children take heed to their way and walk before me, 
in truth, with all of their heart, with all of their soul, then his blessings will continue on this family. So what is it to walk with the Lord? It involves everything that we have. Heart, soul, it all belongs to the Lord. Is there such a thing as periodic walking with God? Walking with the Lord when we choose to do so. We know that there is such a thing as that. But in such a case, the life of that person couldn't be summarized as walking with God. That's not the average, shall we say. Hezekiah made this his plea. I beseech thee, O Lord, remember how I have walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. 2 Kings 20, verse number 3. What is it to walk with the Lord? It's to walk in truth with a sincere heart and to do that which is right in God's sight. A couple verses from the New Testament teach us that walking with God requires matching the Lord's character. Paul prayed for the Colossians that she might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing before or being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Colossians 1, 10 and 11. Shouldn't this be a description of every child of God? Shouldn't we be growing in the Lord? Shouldn't we be producing fruit as we uh, remain attached to the vine? Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, displaying the glorious power of God. By the way, aren't these characteristics of revival? Spiritual growth and closeness to the Lord? Is that walk... Excuse me. First, uh, in Thessalonians, Paul said, Walk worthy of God, who has called you into his kingdom and glory. That's chapter 2 and verse number 12. Walking before the Lord, is that limited to obedience? Not if we include Enoch and Noah in the equation. Walking with God is much more than simply doing what the Bible has told us we're supposed to do. It's fellowship with the Lord. It's a mutual exchange of love. It is friendly conversation and thanksgiving and praise. Not simply obedience, although can't be cast aside. To walk with the Lord involves joy and heart-to-heart conversation with the Savior. Perhaps 1 John 1-7 takes our lesson back to Enoch and, and Noah. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Of course, God does not walk in the light, so to speak, He is the light. For you and me, walking in the light, not only will we have fellowship one with another, but we will have fellowship with the light itself. And when we stumble and fall, 
the blood of Jesus Christ will still wash that filth away. Reaching for the hand of the Lord, we can be pulled from that gutter. Asking Him to forgive us for our spiritual clumsiness. And we can get right back to, if our heart's right, sincere, and these other things that we've suggested, we can get right back to walking with the Lord in fellowship and in joy. May I summarize walking with God in this way? We yearn to hear His voice and to fellowship with Him in His grace. We desire to glorify His name. And so we walk according to the principles of His Word. And when we stumble, which we will do, we rejoice once again in the blessing of His forgiveness. One of God's prophets said, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Micah chapter 6 and verse number 8. This is one way to express what the Christian life is all about.